Welcome to the Emerging Temple broadcast. I am Michael Obeyer. I will be your guide for the rest of this broadcast. At Emerging Temple, we seek to analyze current events within the context of God's plan for mankind, in which he intends, at the end of time, to raise up a people who will rule with him. Before I go any further, I want to encourage you to like our page, to subscribe to our channel, and if there is a notification bell icon, I would like you to hit that bell so you can be notified anytime we upload new videos. I want to encourage you to like this page so that we can develop the number of likes that we have so that we can come up in the rankings because we have a message that is critical for this hour and this time. So thank you so much for those of you who are already doing so. If you'd like to support our ministry, you can visit our website at templeoftruth.us. That's www.templeoftruth.us. Or you can go to patreon.com and look for our handle, Emerging Temple. Okay, fine. So why don't we do, take our turns to do a kind of overview of what we've discussed about the five other items um, in the last two weeks. So... Abele, would you like to begin? And then after that, we can go to Dr. K and then we'll go to Mom Logan. The five items? Yes. Right. What, we, what they are and what they symbolize that God expects from our lives today. Right. Okay. So I remember the incense. And it's... You can uh, check your notes. I didn't make any notes, sorry, because I didn't have a pen with me on the day. Um, but I was going through... Okay, why don't we do this? Why don't we do this? Yeah. Let's, let's have Dr. K start. Let her start. While we give you a minute to get a pen and paper so okay. you can jot down what she's, what she's saying. How's that? Yes, yes. That's then after that, there. Mom Logan, and then after that, you can come in. Yes. That way we know that you're on track with us, okay? All right. Thank you. So let okay. us know when you have a pen. I just learned we have an emergency with our... Uh, deep freeze, it's off and the food is thawing, so I may not be able to stay the whole call. That's okay, Mom. That's fine. So why don't you go first before Dr. K? Okay. What did you want to know? The, what was yes. In we, we said there are seven items in the three courts of the temple. We've already looked at five over the last two weeks, and we looked at what each one symbolized in the New Testament of what God expected from our lives. So can you go over the five items one by one and at the same time telling us what they symbolize that God expects from our lives now? Um, I'm going from memory now. Uh, mercy. You don't have any notes either? Yeah, I got them. Okay, go uh, by your notes. But, but, but I didn't have something written beside each one. I've got a uh, mercy seat is okay. a testimony and uh, golden lamp stands or candlesticks. Uh, I've got the, the, the notes aren't in order. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
uh, the oil is the Holy Ghost. I do know that. That's um, is that the uh, uh, the brazen lever is judgment. Correct. Correct. Um, the brazen altar is judgment. Um, is is the sacrificing? That's the first item in the outer court. I'm going from memory, so you can see I'm jumping around. Okay. Um, the altar burnt offerings, I don't know. What I, I told myself I was going to put this in order and didn't do it. Take your time and talk about them in any order that you feel comfortable. Okay. Um, the, browse, the brazen leather was washed, is washed by the word and its sanctification. Um, That's correct. And uh, I have a little note that says water washed is Rima, God comes to me and saved after we confess Jesus with our mouth. Sanctification is he is speaking to us. And I had something about the outer court. I think my memory was better. Uh, got the 12 loaves of bread, but I don't have anything written by it. The altar of incense was our prayers. Uh, the hidden man of bread inside. I'm glad I have to do better in case I have to teach it to somebody else. Uh, the 12 loaves of bread looks like um, we are part of the world, the word people see, and we are the show. That's, cor that's correct. That's correct. The light other see. I had this written in the margins of my Bible. Um, the golden lampstands of the seven churches in the world. That's correct. And we talked about Laodicea being lukewarm, Philadelphia, brotherly love. Um, Romans 8, 26, 28 is incense presented to God with incense all things work for good of them who love God um, the altar of incense is also praying sorry what did you say about the altar of incense uh, I have next to it praying Holy Spirit works with our souls his uh, lightness feel better. My soul is me. And my spirit is like an antenna from God, according to the will of God. Okay. All right. So what I'll do at this point is I'm going to ask Dr. K to share with us her understanding of the five items. And she's going to do them in order? Yes. And then order. give, give each, each another. So if you don't have a pen and paper, please get one. So you can write what she's saying. I'm ready. Yep. Okay. 
The first item in the temple is the brazen altar. And this is where the animal was sacrificed. And what this means for us is this is where we willingly, op we offered ourselves as a willing sac sacrifice at the time that we gave our life to Christ. So that was the, the, um, the initial sacrifice that we had. And um, this is where the daily sacrifices were, altered, were offered. And this is where we, da they, we daily um, die to self every time something happens and we kind of suppress our own human nature and decide instead to follow the will of God instead of our own um, sinful will. The, um, and the, this is not something that we do on our own strength and our own power, but by the, the um, Holy Spirit speaking to us and guiding and directing us. The second item is the brazen laver. And that was where the animal was washed and purified with water. And for us in the New Testament, it sim symbolizes the sanctification by the word, that as we study the word daily, that we receive a word from God, a rema from God, that helps wash us and purify us and help us with that transformation from our old self to the um, likeness of, of Jesus. And the brazen altar and the brazen lava were in the outer court. Then in the inner court, the three items were the table of showbread, the seven golden lampstands, and the altar of incense. The table of showbread has 12 loaves of bread on it. The 12 loaves of bread are the 12 tribes of Israel, and it represents the body of believers, the 12 nations. And like uh, Mother Logan had said, that this is the life that other people can see, that we are the Jesus that the world sees. And Jesus himself is the hidden manna that actually is in the Ark of the Covenant. And uh, the seven gold, golden lampstands are the seven churches. And the seven churches are actually seven uh, types of believers that you find in the church. And um, we said that we would study those seven churches at a later time. And uh, the seven churches, you can find them in Revelations chapter 1, verses 9 through 12 and verse 20. And then the altar of incense is where the prayers of the saints are cleansed. So that when you look at Revelations 8, verses 1 through 5, and Romans 8, verses 26 through 28, you'll see that Jesus corrects our prayers so they're not harmful to us. And the Holy Spirit searches our hearts and speaks on our behalf. So um, we may, I think the example, one of the examples that uh, Brother Mike had given last week is we're praying that um, somebody would um, 
to would marry us and the Holy Spirit corrects it because if that person's not good for us, we don't want to be stuck with somebody that's, that God doesn't have in mind for us. Um, when we say we want something, that whatever we want may not be good for us, that those prayers get cleansed and corrected so that we don't get harmed by our own prayers. That's good. Yep, you've got it down. I mean, if you 100%. wanted, I had all of the other scripture references, but I didn't know if you wanted me to give those two or not. No, no, no. That's that's everybody can get back the old tapes and get them there. Yes. So that was that was perfect. That's perfect. So you can see that in all five items, they're referring to you and I. Right? Right. Some aspect about your life and my life. See, why is this why is this important for you to go back and know? See, because you can just know these things, right? Um, oh, I know that there are seven items in the tabernacle or in the temple, and there are this, 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 that, that. But then somebody else might look at you and said, okay, big deal. You know all this stuff, so what? Well, why is it important to know these things? By knowing these things, you can appreciate exactly what God is doing in your life at any given moment. Does that make sense? Yes. So we know the first one was the animal, the beast was slain in the outer court on the brazen altar. So you and I know that step one in any relationship I have to do with anybody, that has to do with God. The question is, is this, has this person given their life to God or not? Correct? Correct. So that's step one. Now, we went to the New Testament and we read the Apostle Paul, and I believe it was in Romans chapter 12, and he said to us, I beseech you that you present your bodies to God as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. This is your reasonable service. So we saw there that, uh-oh, so the animal being killed out there in the outer court isn't only symbolic about Jesus. It is also symbolic about me. I am expected to die. But I've been brought up all my life fighting for my rights, huh? women's rights, black rights, white rights, all these things, right? Mm. But the opposite is what God is expecting for my life. He's expecting me to die. Now, I claim that I have given my life to Christ, but every single day I'm going left and right fighting for my rights, whether it's in my house, whether it's on the streets, whether it's in the capital, wherever it is, okay? But God wants me to die. A person who's dead doesn't fight for any rights. So we understood that to be step number one. Now, quick caveat, God is not saying that you should just sit down there and be wronged perpetually if you can do anything about it. If you can do something about it, God says, are you a slave? Don't care about it. But if you get the opportunity to take your freedom, get your freedom, he said, take it. So I just want to put that caveat there, okay? So mm -hmm. it's simple, God is simply talking about 
finding yourself in a situation or circumstance you would love to get out of, but you cannot get out of except by violating one of God's rules. God said, don't try to get out of it. That's the dime. That's step one. Then the next thing we said was the brazen lava. This was a big bowl made of bronze. So we see an altar where we die was made of bronze. Now we come to, an, uh, to a bowl made of bronze with a lot of water. And our dead body was put in there and washed. The animal was put in there and washed by the priests. Okay. So we said, this is the sanctification. And the Bible, we went to the New Testament to find out if we could find a parallel. And we found one where Paul said that we should be sanctified by the washing of water with the word. Okay. So whenever anybody talks to you about holiness, about, you know, to talk about holiness, well, how much word content do they have? Because your, your, your degree of word content that you have is the barometer to measure how much holiness that you have. Okay. I'm not talking, remember, we're not talking about word content, word content, just knowledge. We're talking about word content effects. So for example, um, something happened and you, you were like, okay, I've got to go to, I heard there's a problem in California with my grandchild. I need to go, I need to go, I need to go. But the word of God comes to you and says, stay here. Don't go Ooh. anywhere. Pray. Can you let now, Liz in, please? Oh, sorry, sorry. Okay, tell her to try again. Next, I did. I, I went off that page. So, the so the word the word content of God in you would come and say, maybe uh, you you've read the scripture before. It says, um, "Be still and know I am God." Right, everybody, we've heard that scripture before, correct? Yes. Yes. So imagine you just hear it while you were about to go to California to save your grandchild, to see your grandchild in hospital. And it comes to you in a way like you just know that you know that you know, you can't explain to anyone that God doesn't want you to go to California. He wants you to stay in Maryland right now, not eat anything for the next three days and be praying. Now, at the end of the day, you will pray fast. Your son, your grandchild will be saved but your children and your neighbors and everybody and your pastor, and we're all going to say, what a wicked grandma. Her grandson almost died, but all she could do was just stay in Maryland and tell them she was praying for them. <laughs> okay. What I just said to you is what sanctifies you because now you've got to love those same people who don't know you're the one that just saved that person's life, that just saved that child's life. And had you gotten onto that airplane, sure, everybody would have said, oh, see how she loves her grandchild. But guess what? You'd have no grandchild because you didn't obey God. Okay? And so that kind of obedience to God cleanses you, makes you a different person. Because after you've had that experience, do you tell me, do you think you would remain the same person? No, you wouldn't. It would have an effect on you that would change you. So the word of God, the spoken word of God to you is the water that cleanses you. Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Now I can't remember which was the third item. I'm gonna call the I'm gonna call the um the, I have my reasons why I call the table of showbread the third item. Okay. Yeah, that's what I had too. Okay, I have my reasons why I call it the third item. Okay. Um so the showbread is the 12 loaves of bread, which represents the life of Christ that manifests itself through us, the 12 tribes. Amen. Amen. So the bread is what you eat. So people are supposed to get life from you and I. Okay. They're supposed to look to you and I for direction, for hope, for, for the sense that everything is going to be all right. Okay. And um, we, we saw examples in the scriptures you know, on how our lives are supposed to be like um, life to people, okay? Jesus said, eat this bread. If you don't eat it, this is the bread of my body, right? Yes. yes. Good. And we are the body of Christ, correct? Yes. Yes. So who are people supposed to eat? You. Yes. <laughs> if you. If Jesus said, this is the bread of my body, take and eat it. And in another verse, he tells you, you are my body. What does that tell you? That we're feeding the people. Exactly. We're feeding each other and feeding the people. At the same time, we're feeding from him. We're eating him. They're eating us. John says, for as he is, so are we in this world. Correct? Right. Yes. Okay. So. We saw that the 12 loaves of bread represent the 12 tribes. Bread is life, okay, the bread of life, okay? And we manifest the life of God in this world. Now, the fourth item, I believe, should be the seven golden lampstands. Yes. On what day did the Bible say God created the great lights? In the Bible, in the book of Genesis. I know we didn't touch this last month, last week. But do you all remember what day God created the great lights in the Bible in Genesis? He said, let there be light. Was that the third day? No, no. The great lights, plural. Let oh, there okay. be light was singular. Yeah, we're talking about seven now. I forgot. Okay, of course you can stop you can you can get, get have an informed guess based on what number item we're on now. Seven. Seven. Third day. Okay, it was the fourth day. Fourth day. There you go. Okay. That's Genesis chapter one, verse 14. Okay. You see there in Genesis chapter one, verse 14. Do you notice that that is when God creates two great lights and the stars also? Yes. All right. So that means for three days, there were no two great lights. Now, we are assuming that the two great lights, because he said the, the, greater light to, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night, correct? Yes. Mm -hmm. All right. Who is the greater light? Jesus. Jesus. And who is the lesser light? We are. Who is in the world? We are. There you go. So who shines light to the world? The greater light or the lesser light? The greater light. Nope, the lesser light. Lesser light. Mm -hmm. Because the world is in what? According to the Bible. Darkness. The there you go. The Bible says, for the world light in darkness, even unto now. 
So the lesser light, which is you, are shining, okay, as a whole. Now, of course, the lesser light represents all of us as a collective, okay? I don't want to digress too much, okay? So the moon. Do you remember when Joseph had a dream where his mother and his, um, sorry, his father said, how can you, your dream means that I and your mother are going to come and bow down to you. Do you all remember that? Yes. Yes. Good. So in that dream, the, mo the mo mother was represented by what? What image? The moon. Okay. Anybody else agree with that? Don't remember. Okay. The story of Joseph's dream where he saw the sun, the moon, and 11 stars bowing down to his star. And his dad, Jacob, was upset and said, what do you mean? Will I and your mother and your 11 brothers come and bow down to you? Ah, okay. That was like a premonition. Exactly. So the moon is the mother. Okay. So when we say mother, we talk about the church. We're talking about the church. Okay. When we talk about father, we're talking about Christ. Okay. And all of us are the little, little stars. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Okay. So the seven gold, um, sorry, the um, seven golden lampstands, like we said, represent the seven churches, but it just means the church, which gives light, okay, where there is darkness, okay? Because remember, we've entered, we've come out from outside. We're now inside the, the, um, the uh, tabernacle where there's no other light except the seven golden lampstands giving light. Okay. All right. All right. And then the fifth item was the um, altar of incense. And we said the altar of incense symbolized the, the life of intercession, the life of prayer. And we said, according to the Bible, you and I do not know what we should pray for the way we ought to, but that the spirit himself makes intercession for us according to the will of God. And we went and saw in the book of Revelation where the angel, quote, and I told that that angel is Christ, it's not an angel, angel, took our prayers and mixed it with incense and offered it to God. Okay? Yes. yes. Good. So that was the fifth item, um, which was the altar of incense. Now, the sixth item is the mercy seat. Okay. The mercy seat also stays in the holy place, but once a year, it goes into the holy of holies. Okay. But let us, for the sake of where, where we are, we're in the New Testament, we are going to assume now that the, the um, mercy seat is in the holy of holies because Jesus is our high priest and we know he doesn't come out of the holy of holies. He's permanently now in the holy of holies making intercession for us amen amen so yes. so give me an example of one scripture we said that the mercy seat okay is the place where jesus sits right so can anybody give me an example of somewhere in scripture where you can find something that's you know makes us believe that this mercy seat is somehow connected with Jesus ministry to God. Just maybe some phrase related to Jesus 
that has something to do with the seat. Uh, is that where he's permanently seated at the right hand of God? There you go. Perfect. Exactly. The Bible says he is seated at the right hand of the Father. Is that not so? Yes. And we know that there's only one seat, one chair. Let's just use the English word chair, even though it's not right. One seat in the Holy of Holies, and that Holy is the Holy. mercy seat. Okay? Mercy is where you have forgiveness for someone, you overlook their sins, you have nothing against them anymore, and Jesus is sitting there. And the, the word to sit, S-I-T, bespeaks permanence, okay? It bespeaks welcome. But do you know there was a time Jesus got off that seat when Stephen was being stoned? Stephen said, I see the Lord standing at the right hand of God. Wow. That means something. I don't want to go into that. That's something else. So this place now, this sixth item is symbolic of the day you and I are about to enter, which is the sixth day. Okay? okay. I hope you know we are actually in the sixth evening. And the evening always comes before the morning. So we are in the sixth day, but we're not yet in the sixth morning. Okay? Can you say that again? That, um, can you say that again? The day in God's calendar begins with an evening. No, no, before that, when you said that we were in the sixth day, how that yes. relates to the mercy seat. Yes. The mercy seat is the sixth item. Okay? It's the, it's the sixth item. It's the place where Jesus is sat and intercedes on our behalf. He has permanent favor with God to intercede on our behalf, to intercede on the behalf of all mankind. That sixth, that seat, that sixth item, the seat, is also representative of the sixth day. That's the day the day that God made man. Remember, God made man on the sixth day, correct? Yes. Correct. Good. But the Bible says that each day that God made in Genesis 1 started with the evening first. Yes. And ended with the morning. M-O-R-N-I-N-G. So... Oh, I wish I didn't have to go this far, but because Kay has made me ask me no, this no, question. I was, no, no, I didn't want you to go explain the day part. I was just very good. asking. I okay, was just, very good. Just asking you to repeat. Okay, about good. About the, the, the because it's the sixth you. item that it's yes. the it's the sixth day. Yes, and then you come to the seventh item, which is called the Ark of the Covenant. Okay, the Ark of the Covenant. You plug it in. Yeah, is the is the is the representative is is representative of the presence of God, 
and that refers to the glorified body of Christ. Okay. Could you say seven again? I was interrupted. The, the, sorry, the seventh item is the Ark of the Covenant. Okay, which is sim Which is symbolic of the presence of God and is the glorified body of Christ. Okay, so a day is going to come when your body, your physical body is going to be transformed. And at that point, you will contain God in all totality. Is at that, that moment, you will be the Ark of the Covenant. Is that because the Ark of the Covenant contains the manna and that Jesus is the hidden manna? No, no, no. That's not, that's not the reason why. The reason why is that God himself will overshadow you in totality. Okay? You, you will contain... Right now, you carry God to some degree, but you're not 100% swallowed up by God. No, I was asking the question. You said that the Ark of the Covenant symbolizes the body, that uh, Jesus' physical body. I said body of Christ. I didn't say Jesus' Christ. physical body. I said the body of Christ. Okay? So, in the Old Testament, the Ark of the Covenant symbolized the presence of God. When it, when it was anywhere, the people had power and they had victory. When it came, when it was brought to place, people had power, had victory. Once it got lost and it was found and kept at the, at the um, yard of a particular man who was poor, all of a sudden the man began to become exceedingly rich. And when King David heard about it, he was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. This thing should be in Jerusalem where everybody in Israel can get rich, right? Everybody okay. remember that story? Yes. Okay, good. So that's talking about how God blesses people who bless you. People who take you in because you're a child of God are doing themselves a favor. Get it? Okay, yes. Yeah, that's what I wanted you to clarify. Yes. So at this moment... Jesus Christ is totally 100%, 1,000% filled with the presence of God. He is God himself, okay? Mm -hmm. But you and I are not yet at that place, okay? But we will get there, okay? We will get there. We will become like him. Remember, the Bible says, when we shall see him, we shall be like him. That means yeah. we are not yet like him. But he is like who? God. Is that not what Michael means? Yes. Do you remember the Revelation 12? He said, and there was war in heaven. And Michael and his angels fought. And the dragon and his angels fought back. But the dragon and his angels were not strong enough. Okay. That word, Michael means he who is like God. Okay? Hmm. Are you with me? Yes. Yeah. L, Micah L. There's a Micah. Micah, you know the book of Micah. Then L means he who is like God. Okay? So this Michael is not just some angel. Okay? Okay, he's, he's somebody that goes about 
with the express, that is, he, he goes out representing Christ himself. He's like the ambassador of Christ. Okay? Mm -hmm. All right. So can you expand a little bit on the Ark of the Covenant contained three items and how those three very items relate to us? Very good, very good, very good. So in the Ark of the Covenant, it had three items, okay? And you had the uh, hidden manna, that was the bread that never got rotten. It had Aaron's rod that budded, and it had the Ten Commandments. Okay? Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's start with the easy one. The Ten Commandments. In the Old Testament, God's law had to be written on stone. Okay? It's not that people didn't know thou shalt not kill before God gave the laws to Moses. So symbolically, what does Ten Commandments symbolize are the unction of God in each of us to know the will of God for ourselves. Amen? Yes. Can somebody explain what I just said? If you understand what I just said, can you translate it for somebody else? Well, when you say the unction of God, that's our understanding and ability to take it in. And, your, and, and it, it means your ability to <coughs> decide on what is right or wrong, but in perfect harmony with God's own determination of what is right or wrong. In other words, you and I can have op um, um, opinions of what is right or wrong based on our culture, our society, our morality, our values, etc. correct? Correct. That doesn't yes. mean they're correct. However, God's opinion about anything is always correct. Do we agree? Yes. yes. Fine. So the Ten Commandments being put inside the ark is symbolic of God writing his laws in you. Okay? Remember I said you're the ark, right? So now God has written his law in you. That means, for example, inside of you, you feel that it is wrong to go to church on, um, it is wrong to go to church on Sunday. You should only go to church on Saturday. Now, God might or mightn't have written that in you. You might have picked that up because the church your parents used to take you to, that's what they believed, correct? Yeah. You might say it is a sin to eat pork, okay? You might say it is great to eat pork. These are all opinions. The, the question is, what exactly is the will of God concerning anything? That is what will come into your life where you will know as you are known. Let me, let us look, let, let me stop 
let me stop talking. Can somebody use their phone? Because my phone right now is what I'm using. So um, tell me if you can still hear me. Yes. Can you still yes. Okay, very good, very good, very good. So I can use my phone to do something at the same time. Okay. So we're looking for a scripture that says, we see through a glass darkly. Anybody can find that for me. I think it's in Corinthians, maybe second Corinthians. We see through a glass darkening. Yeah, dark, darkly. We see through a glass darkly. Darkly. First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12. Chapter 13, verse 12. Yes. You said Anybody found it? Or Romans? Yes, first, first Corinthians. Okay. For now we see through a glass darkly. But then I but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. Okay. A different version. That's fine. That's fine. That's good. Okay. So we're able to tell from this scripture that Paul is talking about a time to come, correct? Yes. He says, for now we see in part. That means we, we don't have really good eyesight. We don't really know. We think we know what's right and what's wrong. Mm. Right? Read that again. Read that again. For now we see, I'll read in a different version. For okay. now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. But then, that means at a time, sometime in the yes. future. Yes. Good. But then. But okay. then face to face yeah. now i know in part but then i shall know just as i also am known just as he is known by who mm. god there you go that's the, that's the only person he can be talking about not you and i mm. so he is going to know as much as god knows does that not sound sacrilegious? No. <laughs> okay. It's That's a child of God. Revelation. There. there you go. Okay. So he says for now, it's speculative. But the time will come that I will know things just as well as God knows me. Mm. Okay. Now, mm. God is concerned with me. I'm, on, I'm concerned with things. God is my God, and I'm the God of things. I'll be able to understand things and manage things the way God understands me and manages me. Okay? So the Ten Commandments in there represent the law of God in us. Not anymore written on paper. It's now inside us. Okay? So now we know the will of God, okay? This is 
comes from, from the Holy Spirit that is now in us and has taken total control of our whole being. So that was the first item inside the Ark of the Covenant. The second item inside the Ark of the Covenant was um, Aaron's rod that budded, right? Yes. Okay. Aaron's rod that budded was his walking stick made of wood. And we remember the story where the elders of the other tribe said, why do you guys from the tribe of Levi think you're all that? Why would God make you only be the people to minister to his, you know, tabernacle? And so Moses went to God and God said, okay, okay, I know what to do about this. Tell them to get the 12 elders to bring their walking sticks, their rods, and place before me. And anyone of those that brings forth a flower, you know that I have chosen that one. Everybody remember that story? Yes. Now, only the rod of Aaron brought forth that flower. So everybody recognized, whoa, whoa, that is, that man is the, that tribe is the one chosen by God, right? Okay. What is unique about a flower growing out of a, out of um, a walking stick? Is there anything special about that? The stick was alive. The stick was alive. There you go. Okay. Yet it was not rooted to anything. It was still alive. So this stick here, this wood here, had the life-giving power. Okay? It's self-generating. And this is talking about an aspect of our lives that we are going to have something called eternal life. Okay? Then the third thing was the hidden manna, which we said was a, a piece of bread that never got rotten. Correct? Correct. So what do we see here? We see that inside the Ark of the Covenant is nothing but eternal life. Okay? Nothing but eternal life. Everything there is symbolic of eternal life. Can we go to the book of Genesis where God tell, tells Noah to build an ark? Okay. Let's, go to, let's, let's look for it. That's going to be somewhere around chapter 10 or so. Okay, no, chapter 7, I think. chapter six I'm looking G okay good Genesis chapter six verse 14 and 15 amen amen you want it read Oh, yes, please. 14. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Rooms shalt thou make in the ark 
and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. 15. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make it of. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, the breadth in 50 of it 50 cubits, and the height of it 30 cubits. Okay. Do you notice? Okay, it has, it's always about threes. I did, okay. but I, it, it didn't jump off the page. Okay. All right. Okay. Please continue to verse 16. A window shalt thou make to the ark, and in a cubit shalt thou finish it above, and the floor of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof with lower second and third stories shalt thou make it. Okay. Do you notice that the ark also has three courts? That is interesting. Okay. Just like the tabernacle of Moses. Okay. And the ark of the covenant inside the temple that you and I are describing had three layers for those three things. So I have a question for you. What does Noah's Ark symbolize? Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Okay, good. But the whole Ark itself? Trinity? No. Salvation? True, true. But based on what we said the Ark of the Covenant was, what would you say the Ark of Noah is? The body of Christ. There you go. The body of Christ. Do you get it now? Yes. We are the body of Christ. And in us is the salvation of the world. Now, look at what God told him to bring in. Look at verse 19. Read from verse 19 um, to 22. And of every living thing, all flesh... Two of every sort shalt thou bring into the ark to keep them alive with thee. They shall be made male and female, of fowls after the kind and of cattle after their kind, of every creeping thing of the earth after his kind. Two of every sort shall come unto thee to keep them alive. And take thou unto thee all food that is eaten, and thou shalt gather it to thee, and it shall be for food for thee and for them. Thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. Okay. Notice he said two of every kind. He didn't say two of every animal. Yeah. I, I, I picked up. I hope that. you know that a cat, a tiger, a lion. Mm. Etc. Etc. Are all of the same what? Kind. 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 I hope you know a donkey, a zebra, a horse. They're all of the same what? Kind. Kind. Noah didn't have to take every animal. He only had to take every kind. Now let's jump to chapter seven and read from verse one to three. 
Somebody else want to do that? You want me to? Go ahead, Mom. And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark. For thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. Of every clean beast thou shalt take to thee by sevens, the male and his female. And of the beasts that are not clean by two, the male and his female. So it was about clean and Okay, unclean. fine. We can stop there. So you notice that for the clean animals, Noah was told to take seven. Yeah. And of the unclean, was told to take two. That means there was one animal among the clean that would not reproduce with a spouse. Why do you think that was so? What do you think? Why do you think that was so about that animal? Why was that animal condemned to that? It was male and female, all in one. <laughs> I never thought about that. No, of course not. Okay. Because well, that particular animal. That are. Okay. Because that particular animal could never die. So it didn't need to reproduce. All right. So Who thought, is that? Yeah, go ahead. So I thought when he said pairs, I thought pairs meant two of each. So so when he said seven pairs, it would be... No, when did he say seven pairs? Well, he said that here, my Bible said seven pairs. <laughs> no, no, I don't know. No, it's, okay. Of every clean... Of, of every clean, you take seven animals. And of every unclean, you will take twos. Okay. Oh, oh, wow. Okay. Okay, because that would mean if, yeah. if it was two pairs, it would mean four of each. Right? And if yeah. it was seven pairs, it would mean 14 of each. Let me read that again. It said, of every clean beast, thou shalt take to thee by sevens. There you go. The male and his female. Yes. And a beast that are not clean by two, the male and his female. I don't understand by sevens. Okay. Um, when you look at that, it um, sounds as though he's saying you will have 14 yes. of the clean animals. But that's not what it's saying. It's saying seven animals, seven clean animals, and two, two unclean animals. Okay, I'm making okay. a note in the margin. Right. So. right. It doesn't make any sense because why? Okay, all he needs is one, um, one donkey, one female donkey. Let us just use a donkey. One, okay, one horse, one male horse, one female horse to preserve life. Right. And from those, that horse will come donkeys, will come zebras, will come anything else that is in that horse family. Okay. Okay. But I'm, I'm, a bit, when, I'm a bit confused. Oh, sorry. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, so going back to chapter six. Yes. Where we read um, verse 19. 19, yes. And then it said, you're bringing two of every yes. kind. Yes. And they should be male. They should be 
there shall be male and female. Yes. I already assumed when he said two, the two will be male and female. Yes. And then again, he's saying again, seven each. Yes. I, I, I'm confused. It, it, it seems like two different instructions opposing each other. Yes. Well, it, it, go ahead. Go ahead. In chapter six, he says in verse 19, and of every living thing of all flesh, two of every sort shall thou bring into the ark to keep them alive with thee. They shall be male and female. So to me, in verse six, he's saying, the reason why I'm having you bring a male and female is so they can reproduce. Correct. And then in, in chapter seven, he gives more specific details when he says, okay, get seven of each of the clean kind yes. and two of each of the, of the unclean kind. And Correct. he didn't specify the seventh animal, whether it should be male or female. I mean, it's, it's bad enough to try to gather together wild animals. So he said, Correct. make sure you get a, a male and his female. And, uh, you know, and the seventh one, whichever one you get, that's fine with me. But of the Good. unclean, get a male and a female. Now, what you have to do in understanding scripture is to understand that mm -hmm. scripture is prophecy. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So we know now, we've already learned that anything we're reading the Old Testament is always related to Christ and his church, right? Right. Now, let's just take mom and dad's house right now. Mom and dad, out of them, that's mom Logan and dad Logan, right? Yeah. Does God live in your house? I mean, Jesus Christ, God. Yes, the spirit. Who is his wife? Does his wife live there with him? No. Thank you. But you and your husband live there, correct? That's correct. And from you and your husband, he has brought out so many homes. Right? Mm-hmm. Good. So he is the seventh man. He is the seventh creature that has eternal life. Now, let me show you something that will amaze you. Stay in the same Genesis, okay? Now, go to Genesis 7. Yes. And look for... Okay. Okay, okay, okay. This is telling everybody that's going in the ark. Yes, yes, yes. It's getting fast. Okay. Okay. Hey, look for find the place where the, the, the door of the ark is shut. That's what I'm looking for. Does anybody see it? Okay, verse where, 16. Where, 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 verse 16. 
What chapter? Chapter 7, verse 16. Okay. There you go. Thank you very much. We're going to look at two scriptures. That, that one, verse 16. Can you read it, Dr. K? Amen. Amen. And they that went in, went in male and female of flesh, as God had commanded him, and the Lord shut him in. Okay. Do you all remember the scripture that says, whatever God shuts, no man opens? Yes. I remember reading it. Don't know. And, and whatever he opens, no one shuts, right? Okay, fine. So who shut the door? The Lord. The Lord did. Where was he when he shut the door? Was God inside the ark or outside the ark, Mom Logan? I think he was in both places. <laughs> okay 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 fine you out. say so we're going to find out what the bible itself says um sister belly what does the what do you think was god inside the ark or outside the ark when he shut the door outside okay very good so you say outside now mm -hmm. look at chapter 8 verse 15 and 16 Abela, could you read that if you have it? Yeah. Then God spoke to Noah, saying, Go out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons, and your sons' wives with you. Amen. Bring... That, that's fine. Mm. God was in the ark with them. That's why he said, Go forth. Mm. He didn't say, Come out. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> God was okay. God was with them in there. Mm. That's why he used the term go. So this thing is written here as prophetic for you and I to know that God is always with us in all storms. And the storm, of course, is not only financial, it could be anything, it could be health, it could be whatever. But he's in the boat with you, just like he was with the 12 apostles. Mm. Okay? okay? Now, of course, God is everywhere at the same time. But actively at the, in these people's lives, he was in the ark with them. He, shut, he got in and then he shut the door. Okay? Okay. All right. Let's look at something else. Let's look at um, the same Genesis, right? Mm -hmm. Genesis chapter 18. Amen. That's, amen. Anybody can read from verse 1 to 5. 1 to 4. 1 to 4. I'll read. Okay. And the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre, and he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day. And he lifted up his eyes and looked. 
and lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself towards the ground and said, my Lord, if I now, if now I have found favor in thy sight, pass not away. I pray thee from thy servant. That's the end of three. Okay. You want right. to go to four? No, no, we can stop there. That's fine. So we see God has appeared to Abraham, right? Yes. As a man with two other men with him. Correct? Yes. Okay. Now, in same chapter 18, jump all the way to 20, from verse 20 to 22. Anyone can read. Chapter 18, verse 20 to 22. And the Lord said, because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grievous, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which is come unto me, and if not, I will know. Verse 22. Oh, okay. And the men turned their faces from thence and went for, uh, toward Sodom. But Abraham stood, stood yet before the Lord. So the other two men left them. Remember, we saw three men appear to Abraham, right? Yes. And after God told Abraham why he came down, the Bible says the other two men left Abraham and God alone. And went towards Sodom and Gomorrah. Those are the two angels that saved Lot and his children and his daughters. Okay. Uh -huh. Okay. Now, why did we look at these two scriptures? We're talking about the seven items in the temple. Why did we look at, uh, first we looked at Noah, then we looked at Abraham. Because the Ark of the Covenant represents the seventh day. We are waiting for the seventh day. Remember I told you, you and I are in the what day? The Sixth day, correct? Good. And in the sixth day, Jesus said, it shall be like the days of Lot, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it shall be like in the days of Lot. It shall be like in the days of Noah. Okay. So we are in that time now of great tribulation where people all over the world are getting excited and like, okay, the man of the Bible says the man of lawlessness shall come upon the earth. Okay. Wow. So those six items you saw are also symbolic of the six days before the seventh day, which is the day of rest. The day of rest, the Bible refers to it as a thousand year reign of Christ. Remember the Bible in the book of Peter says, one day is to God as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. You remember? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now let's go to our last scripture which is found in the book of Revelation, um, where it says, oh, sorry. That's, I just, I didn't know, I didn't know Gwen was waiting to be let in. Okay. All right, so let's go, let's look for, in the book of the Revelation, let's look for where it says the Ark, and the Ark of the Covenant was revealed. 
Somebody can find that. I'm searching. I'm searching. Okay. Anybody find it? The Ark of the Covenant. Revelations eleven nineteen. What? Okay, great. What does that say? Amen. Amen. And the temple of God was opened in heaven. Yes. And there was seen in his temple the Ark of his Testament. And there were lightnings and voices and thunderings and an earthquake and great hail. Okay. What is the temple of God? We are. Us. Our bodies. And where was the ark found? According to Revelation. Is that Mount Ararat? Inside no, no, no. the what, temple. What, what Kay just read? It was in the temple. Temple. In and who's the temple. temple? We are. So where's the Ark of the Covenant? It's in us. There you go. So that's the seventh and final step of what is going to be revealed. Remember, it says the temple was opened. Can you read that verse again for us, please? Amen. Amen. Um, and the temple of God was opened in heaven. And there was seen in his temple the ark of his testament. Thank you. And Thank you. The key thing you have to understand is you, the temple, you were revealed. You were opened up. You've, everybody finally got to see who you really were. Does that make sense? Mop it out. Yes. Do you, do that makes sense. Mm -hmm. You you became manifested to everyone. Right now, we can't tell who you are. Totally fine. You know, we're looking at you as you're this, you're that, you're nice, you're not nice. But what happened? The Bible says that the ark of the covenant in heaven, when you were unveiled when you were revealed, so, you know, it's like a gift, you know, yeah. you send somebody a Christmas gift. No, the person doesn't really know what's in there. Yeah. You know, but then at some point it's going to be revealed. You all remember we read that in first John three, where it said, it does not yet appear what we shall be like, but this we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is, right? Right. Good. So the Ark of the Covenant is the sum of everything. It is, it's the presence of God. And the presence of God that you and I are carrying right now, the glory is the glory of God. You remember, have you ever seen, okay, I said that was the last scripture. Let me, let me, let me sleep with one more, okay? We'll go to the New Testament, to the book of Corinthians. Anybody can find for me where it says, um, we carry this treasure in earthen vessels.
Okay. Second Corinthians four verse seven. Okay, what does it say? Hang on a second. Sorry. Amen. Sorry, this Amen. Um, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. All right. So Paul is saying here, that there's something that we have on the inside mm. that is covered by this earthly vessel so that when great things are done through you and I, people look at you and I like, who's this? He's nobody. But there's something greater inside of us doing the great work. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Okay. But a time is going to come when that great thing inside of us is going to be revealed for everyone to see, but that's going to happen when you and I shall be changed in the twinkling of an eye. Wow. Okay. And I'm not going to turn there because I gave my word that this was the last scripture, but mm -hmm. I will tell you, I wasn't able, I didn't clarify, I didn't finish the, the thing about the seventh animal. Remember? Yes. Mm -hmm. When he took them by sevens. Mm -hmm. Okay, that represent the seventh beast. There represented this the, the is symbolic. Sorry, of those people we see in the revelation that did not defile themselves with women. Oh. Everybody remember that scripture, correct? Okay, so that was Revelation chapter fourteen, I think, from verse one or so, when John saw a group of people. They were singing a song that no one could learn except them. And he asked God, he asked the angel, who are these people? And he said, these are they that did not defile themselves with women. Now, by the way, there were women amongst them. So it's not talking about natural women. Okay. Okay. All right. So these are the elect company. These yeah, are the ones is... that, you remember Joe said, they are like the angels. They neither marry nor what? They neither marry nor are given in marriage. Okay, let me put it like this. You know that this world, a time is coming. Everybody believes Jesus is coming back to this world, correct? Right. We believe Jesus is coming again. Isn't that so? Yes. yes. And he says we're going to rule with him. Isn't that so? Yes. Yes. So are we going to be marrying and having children and raising families? No. no. Good. So we're not. But what about all the other people in the world? What's going to happen to them? They're going to keep living their lives. There you go. <laughs> I hope everybody knows that that what Dr. K just said is scriptural. Would you say it again, please? I said they're going to keep living their lives. They're going to be just living yeah. their lives, you know? Doing whatever they were doing before Jesus came. Yes. But There'll the world no will be death. different now. Yes. It'll be a better place because we will be the ones running the world. Now, are people going to be really happy with us and say they're so grateful for all the beautiful things we've done for the world? Or will they no. look back to the times when they were able to do all kinds of crazy stuff and wish they could have it? No, we 
wish they could have the things that are forbidden. Exactly. I hope everybody knows where all this is in the Bible. Probably not. Well, buy my book. <laughs> <laughs> Kay hasn't sent it to me yet. <laughs> okay, Dr. K. That's over to you. Make sure you get your mom one. <laughs> okay. Did you want All me right. to read Revelations 14.4 or no? Yes, please, please. Go ahead. Amen. Amen. These are they which were not defiled with women, for they are virgins. These are they which follow the lamb whithersoever he goeth. These were received from among men, being the first fruits unto God and to the lamb. Thank you. Where are you reading? Revelation what? Four, chapter 14, verse 4. Oh, 14. I had 4. And what verse? Verse 4. Thank you. Got it. Okay. So these people, the other, these people don't need to reproduce themselves. The purpose of reproduction is to keep life going. Are you yes. with me, everybody? Yes. Remember, Adam and Eve never thought about reproduction until death came. Mm. Okay. Well, once eternal life comes and becomes our mainstay life, there will be no need for reproduction because there will be no possibility of extinction. Okay. So... Remember that God told Noah he would save the clean and the unclean. So among the clean, there are those who are the elect. The elect do not need reproduction. Now, flow with me here because I need to qualify something because I'm not just talking about sexual reproduction. I'm speaking about a little, a little bit more. There are those of us who are Christians and the only basic difference between we and those who are not Christians is that we're saved. But there are others who are Christians and they're not just saved. They're the elect who will be the powerhouses that will rule for eternity with Christ. Don't think that me and you are right now at the same level as the apostle Paul or Stephen who got stoned. Don't deceive yourself. <laughs> Okay, get real. Okay. Amen. <laughs> Dr. K, maybe you should have shared some coffee for us this morning so we wake up. Don't think <laughs> that Paul went through what he went through. Stephen got stoned, saying, God, forgive them. And you and Stephen are going to be sitting on the same, you know, sitting together. Hey, what's up, Steve? No, nah, it's not like that. Those guys paid a price. And if you're not paying a price, you're still going to be saved. Because salvation is a free gift. But you're not going to be like one of them. What you just read in Revelation 14 doesn't apply to you. Or me. So at least we now know where the goal is. What the goal is. Amen. 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 To get to the seventh day. And we're in the sixth day now with all its tribulation. With all its turmoil just like Noah had to deal with it. What All you right. 
So when you said we were on the sixth day, but not the sixth morning. Yes. I'm confused by that because I thought the. Yes. Morning. Remember, the evening always comes first. Mm -hmm. And the Bible says on the sixth day, God created the beasts first. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. And then later he said, let us make man in our image and likeness. Okay? Mm -hmm. Good. So that sixth day you're reading there is prophetic about the end times when the beasts shall rule during the time of darkness, which is the earthly rule that we have today. Look at Daniel 7. Sorry, everybody, just to help um, Sister Billy, to have, she asked a very good question that needs a good answer, okay? Let's go to the book of Daniel. If anybody has to leave the phone call, please do go ahead and leave the call if you have to. There's no problem. Daniel 7. Okay. Amen. Daniel 7 from verse 15 to 15 to 18. You want it read? Yes, please. Daniel was grieved in my spirit in the midst of my body, and the vision of my head troubled me. I came near unto one of them that stood by and asked him the truth of all this. So he told me and made me know the interpretation of the things. These great beasts, which are four, are four kings which shall arise out of the earth. But the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. Amen. That's the end of 18. How far do you want yes. to go? Yes, no, that's, that's what we wanted to stop. Okay. Daniel is telling you that prior to our taking control of the earth, the beasts shall rule the earth before us. Do you see that? Yes. <laughs> that is completely parallel with Genesis 1, where God made the beasts before man. Okay. The beasts that you read about in Genesis 1 is symbolic of the man's rule. Have you forgotten what, what do we call the Antichrist? Everybody remember what we call the Antichrist? Beast? Everybody watched the movie Omen in those days? No. Okay. <laughs> Give me another name that the Christians call the Antichrist. The devil? The beast. The beast, okay. Everybody, nobody's ever heard the use of the name of the word the beast for the Antichrist? Not sure. Yes. Okay. All right. That's, that's the term that's used by the Christians. All Christians, they refer to the Antichrist as the beast. Because the Bible in the book of Revelation calls him the beast. Okay. The Antichrist is called the beast. Should we look for that? Yes. Okay, let's look for that, okay? Let's look for the beast in the book of Revelation. 
Well, you could read this book for days. <laughs> Revelation chapter 13. Uh, is that the one? Let me see. Okay, let's let we can use that one. Let's see. No, I wouldn't want to use that one. That's one, but I want to. I want one way. Is chapter thirteen. Okay. 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 The Revelations fourteen nine. Okay. What does it say? Hang Good. On a second. I found it in the internet, and it's giving ESV. Uh, ESV. So let me bring it up in King James. Okay. Revelations chapter 14, verse 9. Amen. 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 And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast and his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, verse 10, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. Thank you. So you see the book of Revelation telling you there's somebody who's going to come to rule the world called the beast. Do you see that? Yes. Yes. And if you remember in Genesis 1, it talked about God created the beasts. Okay. And then later on created man male and female created he them to rule the earth and to quote replenish do you remember god said replenish yes yes you don't replenish something that wasn't once plenished true i don't know if you're with me everybody yeah yeah you don't refill a glass that wasn't already folded once before exactly okay so the Genesis 1 is a prophecy. Genesis 1, talking about, quote, the creation of man is a prophecy. The actual creation of man is found in Genesis 2, Adam and Eve. And in Genesis 5, it tells you God created them in the day he created them and called their name Adam. I don't want to go into too much, but I want us to understand this. Look at, Je look at Revelation 20, verse 1 to 4. That sums it up. Revelation 20, verse 1 to 4. Billy, is this okay with you? Yeah. I guess what I'm trying to find out is why the day comes. What, what do you mean by day being? Oh, okay, okay. okay. Look at Genesis. Yeah. Look at Genesis. Look no, at Genesis. What, what, no, what yeah, I mean, it's, not, it's not the actual event itself, but why your, it counts that way. That how does the sixth day come before a sixth morning? That's what I'm trying no, to say. No, a sixth evening comes before oh. a sixth morning. Together, yeah. they represent one day. Right. So, okay. So, it starts from the evening. Yes. At the day. Yes. So it starts evening and ends at the day. That means the evening. Because you mentioned day earlier. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The two of them together make a day. The evening right. and the morning make a day. 
Yes, but the evening comes before the the, the, the in that the case, morning. sixth day, that's when the day ends, right? The sixth. Correct. Day the day on the on this good. So on the sixth, at the end of the sixth day, is going to be morning. Seventh morning. No, 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 no. The, 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 the sixth morning, remember the, the morning comes at the end, correct? Of a day. That's what we, that's what the Bible is teaching us. Forget about how you and I think about it today. We're just going yeah. by how the Bible thinks about it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, so, I think if she looks at Genesis chapter one, verse 19, it says, and the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Yes, example. and the evening and the morning day. were the first day, and the evening and the morning were the second day, the evening and the morning were the third day, the evening and the morning were the fourth day. It goes on and on. It keeps telling you that. Do you understand? Yeah. So it's not morning and then night, like me and, and you see it today. So, what, so when you say, um, when you say more evening and morning are the day, okay, I'm expecting yeah. that after the morning, you're on a different day. That's that's aha. That's a, that is if you're thinking the way you and I think today about time. That's now we're not thinking the way you and I think. We're thinking the way the Bible thinks. See the way the Bible thinks. The end of today will occur at about twelve noon. Do you get it? Mm -hmm. Because and after twelve noon, the sun starts going down. Mm -hmm. And then, and then, and then you're going into the next day, right? No, no. Okay. When the day ends, the next okay. day yeah, starts. Yeah, 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 yeah. Correct, correct, yeah. correct. So from from twelve oh point whatever point one, you're then now you're starting the next day. day. Yes. So that will be the that's evening. Day. That's e that's evening. Okay. Which is the beginning of the next day. The next day. Right. Okay. Right. Then by okay. 12 midnight, okay, by 12.01, you're now in the morning. Then the gas it gave away. Okay. Okay. No. Okay. And the, it will end on a high note at 12 noon. You got to get it in You get it now. All right. Yes. Okay. So... If you look at Revelation 20, verse 1 to 4, it says, And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit, and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years, and cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal upon him, that I should deceive the nations no more, till a thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. Mm. Then I saw thrones and they sat on them and judgment was given to them. Okay. So yeah. you can see here that Satan rules the world with the beast, with the antichrist for a period of time mm -hmm. until they are stopped and judgment and power is given to God's people. Right. Right. Man. That's morning time. So where we are now, you can see them telling us, Hey, don't worry. We'll soon get your, what do they call it? Your, your vaccine. <laughs> yeah, Microsoft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we'll soon get your vaccine. Huh? And, and everybody can look at what's going on in the world. 
riots everywhere. But mm. at the same time, they're telling you, they're signing peace agreements, they're doing this. This is the era of the beast. Yes. Okay. Mm. Right now, beast. listen, you can't, you cannot, you cannot look at things in the natural anymore. Look mm. at someone like Donald Trump. He doesn't believe in God. Okay. Mm. And people think, oh, I'll tell you, I said, I look at Donald Trump. I know he does, he's not convinced. Mm. But God is using him, okay, to mm. buy us time. That's all. Mm. Buy us time. I can tell you, if the man loses this election, the world you wake up to on November 4th will not be the same world. Mm. The Pope, the Pope who's supposed to represent culture and tradition of mm. the world, just told us last week that we should support civil gay unions. Yep. Now, 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 just, now every, I mean, the fact is, this is who they have always been. Mm. It's just that now the veil is being taken away and God is allowing us to see them for what they are so that yeah. those people who are locked in those religions can run out and say, whoa. I've been hearing about this, but I never knew you all were down with this. I'm out of yeah. it. But guess what? People are not leaving. Mm. Huh? They're yeah. not leaving. They're telling you, well, look, you know, well, times have changed. Yeah, uh, you don't know what you heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Giving you in, in Latin, the word Peter. means this, and in mm. Greek, the word means that. No, yeah. the fact that we're even, listen, last year or two years ago, it was that he said there was no hell. Mm-hmm. Then they said, no, no, no. They started telling us, oh, in Latin, what he meant was <laughs> the same thing. Mm. God is trying to save you. Yeah. He's trying to save you. Come out of that religion. Mm. That's what he's trying to tell you. Yeah. It's not just Catholic. Out of mm. all the religions, all these religions, all these religious denominations. Yeah. Okay. The living God does not belong to any denomination. Amen. Amen. Yeah. You have to come out of it. And when I say come out, I mean mentally. Mm. My pastor said, my pastor said, your pastor is not God. Mm. What does the word say? You have somebody say, we believe that. We believe. Who's we? Yeah. Peter, Jesus told Peter when he rose from the dead, follow me. And Peter looked back and saw John and asked you, I said, Master, what about him? What should he do? Jesus said, what is your concern if I want him to stay here till I come back? You follow me. Do you all remember that? Yes. It's yes. in the Bible, in the book of John. Follow the light God has given you. Don't wait for anybody else. We are in the hour of the beast, the hour of the Antichrist. This is the sixth day, the evening of the sixth day. The morning is coming when we shall reign, but it is not yet time. There will be great tribulation and much suffering and many wars, many riots, and nation shall rise up against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and a man's enemy shall be they of his own household. Amen. I have my Bible open to Revelation 21, and I just happened to look down to number seven. Yes. It says, he that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will Amen. be his God, and he shall be my son. Amen. There you go. That's, that's the word.
All right, I think it's about time for us to close in prayer. So I solicit your prayers. I solicit your support. Okay, I want to thank you for your time. For those of you who have been faithful, you know, supporting this work, for being involved, sharing these videos. Okay, don't be, don't, don't, don't get weary. Don't be weary. Don't get tired. Your strength is supposed to come brighter and brighter every day. Okay, keep pressing on. Share these videos with your family and friends. Start watch parties on Facebook. Go over this video so your friends and family can discuss it. Okay, and continue to write us. Write me through Facebook. Write me through you know, the, the comment section here on YouTube. Okay, so I want to encourage you. Thank you so much for the way you've been supporting us. Thanks so much for all that you've been doing. We really appreciate it. Remember what I said. If you want to continue listening to us, order, you can always go. Okay, to our website. You can see the online radio channels that you can get us through. Like I mentioned, um, Apple's iTunes. I met Apple iTunes. I mentioned um, Spotify and I think Google. You can also, you know, there are other platforms also through which you can hear us through audio. Okay, I want to encourage you to subscribe to our channel and to, you know, hit the like buttons. Hit the like buttons. I can't say that enough. Every time you want these videos through YouTube, hit the like buttons. Now, if you're watching through Facebook or you're watching through some other video like WhatsApp, it's not going to show here, so you won't even see a like. But if you're watching through YouTube, I want to encourage you. Or Facebook, wherever it is, I want to encourage you. Hit that like button. Okay, hit that like button. It matters to us. Okay, thank you so much for your support. Thank you so much for everything that you've been doing, you know, by watching our videos. 